seeing people with a book stuck in their steering wheel. That's scary. You know, maybe you're trying to talk to someone, and the next thing you know, they're just somewhere else. You can tell they've lost any attention with you. I, I know this happens. I see how people drift away when I speak. Um, but be honest. You know how that is. Uh, you're trying to do something in your mind. It just completely shifts to something completely unrelated. You might be doing homework, uh, studying, working, cooking, and for some reason, your mind just goes in a thousand different directions. Or just like about everybody today, our phones, they've become our biggest distractions, haven't they? Uh, you, you might be checking Facebook, posting something on Twitter, watching a video on TikTok, or, or just reading your email, but it cuts into and it distracts you from what's right there in front of you. There's even a restaurant that actually offers a 50% discount to people who are willing to turn their phones off for their meal. Who would be willing to do that? Half off? I bet most of you wouldn't. <laughs> but I think... I really think it's much easier to be distracted with those things that we're familiar with. When we're dealing with something that we've already experienced before. I mean, it's harder to be distracted when you're experiencing something brand new or something for the first time. But we're so easily just losing focus when we're with people we're close to, aren't we? We let those other things, they distract us, and our attention's not where it should be. Uh, it happens with our friends, at fa with family, at school, at work, um, even when we spend time in God's Word. We might make that commitment to read and study on a regular basis, but we let everything else distract us. We let a hundred other things take its place. And I really think there are some parts of Scripture that we've all heard, that we know, we've heard it so many times in the past, we think that we know it, that we've heard it all before. And the sad thing is, I think the Christmas story has fallen into that category. We get complacent, and we start thinking we can coast through Christmas because, well, let's face it, it's just Christmas. And it hasn't changed in over 2,000 years, and, and let me be clear, it's not going to change tonight. So we simply go through the motions and relax our attention and focus. But as we look at our text in the second chapter of Luke's gospel, we're going to find that God got through to some shepherds one dark and silent night as they were simply out doing their job, what they did every day and every night. And the Lord sent angels to get their attention, and boy did they. God could have made his announcement in the temple. Uh, he could have done it in the middle of the day. But his song, this song for the Savior, probably wouldn't have stuck, would it? Because when there's too much going on, we tend to tune out and shut down. And tonight we're going to focus in on one of the most famous Christmas songs as we listen to the lyrics that I heard for the first time on a Charlie Brown Christmas Linus even quotes from the King James Bible when he says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So let's try, let's try very hard tonight to listen to this as if we were hearing it for the first time. Let's pray, and we'll read our text in Luke chapter 2. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for this opportunity uh, to gather in this place to worship you through song, uh, to, to come together tonight to remember the truth that your son stepped into the world as a baby, born in Bethlehem, 
Lord, just thank you that, that we have this privilege. The, just the knowing the truth that you did love us so much that you sent your son into the world. Lord, be with us as we study your word and help us hear this story like it's the first time. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Luke, chapter 2, starting in verse 8, our text reads, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Now, in the early pages of the Bible, Shepherding was considered a, a noble profession, and, and, but by the first century, by the time of Jesus' birth, it had lost a little bit of its luster. Actually, shepherding had lost quite a bit of its reputation. And while we try, while we tend to romanticize them for our cards, our carols, uh, our nativity scenes, shepherds, shepherds made up the lowest and poorest class of people. They weren't even able to keep the ceremonial aspects of the law. And living out in the fields away from people in society just made them outcasts. But that helps us remember an important truth. That Christmas always comes to the marginalized, to the hurting, uh, to the discouraged, to the outcasts, and the heavy-hearted. The angels came to these guys specifically. The angels came to these shepherds to show that salvation... That salvation is for everyone. We tend to think that God is only for, for those good people. But the truth is God is for all people. Verse 9 says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone. It, it, think of this. In the midst of this just ordinary, everyday evening, an angel of the Lord suddenly just appeared in a huge display of glory and power into the darkness of this silent night. Into this dark night came the brightness of the glory of the Lord. God's glory burst out all around them. And I'm sure that these shepherds, they were rubbing in their eyes and quaking in their sandals. Because our text tells us, and they were filled with great fear. In the Greek here, I love this, it uses the word megas, which means they were just mega afraid. In verses 10 and 12, it tells us, and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David. A savior, 
who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And I, what I want to do is break down some of the key words in this amazing announcement. First, there was good news. There was good news. This is actually where we get the word gospel or, and evangelize. At its heart, Christmas is good news that is meant to be shared with others. There is also great joy. This good news that we hear at Christmas, it should cause us great joy. And again, that's that word mega again. There is joy to the world because Christ has come. And this news and this joy, it's for all the people. The good news is not just for some people. It's not just for a few people. The good news is for the entire world. Then it tells us this day. Uh, this event, it happened that day at a specific time in history. This isn't some legend or some kind of myth. This is rooted in time and space. Then we're told it was in the city of David. Because in order to fill the prom fulfill the promise of salvation, Jesus had to be a direct descendant of King David. And then we're told there's a Savior. The name Jesus means the Lord's is salvation because he came to save us from our sins. Unto you is born. Christmas must always be personal. Specifically, the angel announced that the birth of Jesus was for them personally. Jesus was born to you as well. Then we're told it's the Christ. And this is the Greek word for the Messiah, the anointed one, the promised one. And finally, we're told that he is the Lord. It tells us right here in the second chapter of Luke that Jesus is God. And he demands our total submission and complete loyalty. And as these shepherds, think of this, as these shepherds are trying to process the message from this single angel, they are just taken aback. Because in verse 13 it says, And suddenly there was with them a, a multitude of angels praising God and saying. Can, can you picture this? They're already shocked and angels appeared to them. And then out of the blue a multitude, the entire heavenly host, the sky is filled with angels. And these simple shepherds watched is the heavens opened up and saw thousands and thousands of angels worshiping God. And this song, this song for the Savior, it's different because it's not a hymn that rose up from a hymn or a her. It's a song that comes down from heaven. Imagine the scene, the angels, they have been praising in heaven, but now their praise is taking place in a different setting. As they're praising on earth, as they've always done in heaven. And, and just so we know, the angels don't actually sing this. It tells us that they say it. And they say, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And it's important that we see the progression there, that peace only comes after praising. See, we have to put God first, and his glory first, and then peace will come. 
And while this is the most wonderful time of the year, there is nothing magical about it if you do not know the Christ of Christmas. And when we give glory to God, he gives good news to us. Jesus, he came here for the glory of God, and he came for the good of all people. And the highest degree of glory to God is connecting. It, it, it is connected with, with the giving of his son. See, it all started up in heaven with God's perfect plan, and it arrives here on earth where peace comes to those who personalize the message. It's available to everyone, but it produces only in those who accept Christ, for those who believe and receive. Now, the word peace, it appears over 400 times in Scripture. In the Old Testament, peace is the Hebrew word shalom. And it's a state of wholeness, of harmony. It's intended to resonate in all relationships. And when it was used as a greeting, when you would greet someone with peace, it was a wish for outward freedom from trouble, as well as having an inward sense of well-being. And then the word peace in the New Testament, it means to join together. It means to make whole again, to make one again. It's, it's kind of the idea of gluing something back together that was broken. And because this is multidimensional, it's used in at least three ways. Peace. It's used in a vertical, internal, and horizontal way. And let's look at the vertical way. First, we can have peace with God. We can have peace with God. And while God, while he loves us, while he cherishes us, we are separated from him because of our sinfulness. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, you and I, we can have peace with God. God the Father poured out his wrath on his son who died in our place as a substitute. Now, now listen carefully. We don't deserve this peace. We don't deserve this peace to whom, on whom his favor rests. We don't deserve that. In fact, what we do deserve is death. What we do deserve is eternal punishment. But because of God's great love, he provided us a way to be joined together with him. God's joy and his justice, they come together on the cross of Calvary. His love and his law, it, they find complete satisfaction through the sacrificial death of his son. See, God is both just and he is the justifier. Do you have peace with God today? Or are you far away from him? See, peace Peace comes to earth one heart at a time, to one person at a time. And no matter how far away you feel, I want you to hear the truth of Isaiah 57, verse 19. Peace, peace, to the far and to the near, says the Lord, and I will heal him. There is peace with God, and next, internally, we have the peace of God. We can have the peace of God. In order to have the peace of God internally, in order to have that inside of us, we first must experience peace with God vertically. That upward dimension has to be taken care of before inward peace can ever fill our lives. And those at peace with God, they can experience the peace of God. Shortly before Jesus died, and he said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. 
Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. We can have peace with God. We can have the peace of God, and horizontally, we can also have peace with others. We can have peace with others. When we're at peace with God, we have an internal peace, and then we can be at peace with others. Romans 14, 19 lays out our responsibility pretty clearly. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Now, now here's a question. Are you pursuing peace with others, or are you encouraging conflict? Are you pursuing peace with others, or are, are, are you just encouraging conflict in those relationships? Is there anybody today that you need to make things right with? Are, are, are there any people out there that you need to be at one with? Are you in conflict this Christmas with someone you know, or maybe even someone in your family? Maybe there's some kind of bitterness that's gone down deep into your life. Today, today is the day to let it go. Maybe the best Christmas present that you could give to someone this year is to make peace with them. Jesus was born to the whole world, but he was also born for you. Christmas, Christmas is his story, but it has to become your story. Look at Luke 2.11. Let's listen to this one more time. Luke 2.11, for unto you, this is personal, for unto you is born this day. He's saying this day, that right now, don't hesitate, don't put this off. In the city of David, a Savior who is Christ, the long-awaited Messiah, the Lord. He's in charge and is God. Is He Savior to you? Is he Christ to you? Is he Lord to you? Now, I want to bring you back. I mentioned Charlie Brown earlier, the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Um, there's something so amazing that happens in this cartoon. I, I've watched this thing almost every year of my life, and, it, and, and I didn't find out about this until relatively recently. I always thought it was incredible that, that the very fact that when Charlie Brown asked the question, is there anyone, is there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? That Linus that he actually steps up and answers by quoting Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. And I seriously doubt that, that you would find that in any mainstream television program today where the focus of Christmas is brought back to the birth of Christ. But that's not all that happens. See, Linus, Linus, he always carried a blanket, didn't he? I mean, you know Linus, he had the blanket and he, and he carried it. It was his security blanket. And that blanket, it comforted him. And he would never give it up, no matter how much grief that he got over it. And we all have things like that in our lives, don't we? Maybe it's a relationship, a hobby, an occupation of substance. Maybe you have a literal blanket. And we find ourselves holding on to something that's temporary, 
for our security. And that's a hard habit to break. I want you to watch this clip from Charlie Brown, and I want you to watch the blanket. We're going to play that. Watch this clip. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Did you catch that? As Linus is reciting from the second chapter of Luke's gospel, when he comes to the angel saying, fear not, he drops the blanket to the ground. Because at that point, he has no need for any other security than the birth of our Savior in the city of David. But as soon as he finishes, he reaches down and he picks that blanket back up. Now, now, why would he pick that blanket back up after so boldly proclaiming an end to fear? Why does he leave the stage with the security blanket still clutched in his hand? Well, the truth is we all still carry that same blanket. Just like Linus, we may stand tall in a moment of faith. Um, we may stand tall in a moment of conviction, uh, a moment when Scripture hidden in our heart just comes to life and overflows. And we just throw everything to the side. And as we experience and proclaim the true freedom and security that only Jesus can give us. But at some point, out of habit, we reach down and we pick it right back up. See, Linus, he, he clearly knows the truth. He's clearly proclaiming the truth. The knowledge is there, and the wisdom is there, and the passion is there. So why does he pick it back up? It's because we all do the same thing. We know the truth. We feel it. We proclaim it. Yet we look in the mirror one morning to find that old tattered blanket draped over our shoulder. And we realize that we've become so used to it being there that we hardly even noticed it. But the good thing is that's not where the story ends. The show, it ends with the Peanuts gang 
uh, not just singing, but, but, but clearly and unquestionably singing in worship. Even, even the musical style at this point is different from anything else that we've heard previously. The obvious song choice would have been uh, Oh Christmas Tree, because that's what's been playing in the background. But the focus up until now has been the tree. But not anymore. The focus becomes bigger than the tree. Because they're focused on Jesus. And with this new focus, they move in to hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. And essentially, in this cartoon, a worship service begins. And before this, any of this happens, Linus, he finally parts with his blanket again. And he lays it down for good at the base of the Christmas tree. Just as we shouldn't try to lay our blanket down just anywhere, but we need to leave it behind forever at the foot of the cross for our own good. Let's watch. Well, you'll have to take my word for it. They, he takes the blanket and he wraps it around the bottom of the tree and he leaves it there for good. I would do it, but I'm kind of... I'm going to make Jacob do it. Linus and his friends, they finally respond to the truth, uh, much like the shepherds did who were instructed to, find, to fear not so very long. And it's here, it's here at the very end of this program that Linus lays that blanket down for the last time, and he never looks back. And today, maybe there's something that you're carrying that you just need to let go of and to say, I don't need to be afraid. I don't need anything to hold on to. I don't need to be afraid because I have a Savior that was born in Bethlehem, the city of David, who is the Savior, who is Christ the Lord. We're going to sing a song to finish tonight. And maybe as, as we sing this, maybe you need to come and just spend some time at these steps to leave something that you don't need to hold on to anymore. Something that you need to leave behind. Because there is no reason to be afraid anymore. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this evening. Thank you for the message of Christmas. Thank you that today there is nothing that we need to be afraid of any longer. That no matter how difficult, no matter how trying, no matter what life throws at us, that as long as we have you in our life, as long as we have surrendered to your son, that there is nothing to be afraid of. That's the message of Christmas, that you came for us to save us and to give us hope. And I thank you so much for that. Lord, help us celebrate this Christmas like it's the first time. 
remembering the true reason was that a Savior was born. I pray this in His most wonderful and holy name. Amen.